whatever. Uh, Patrick, it's him. <laughs> it's Josh Person. You notice, even though they Josh, you're still they, they casted a skinny, skinny guy to yeah. be this freaking gorilla, <laughs> yeah. uh, the humor was nailed. The attitude nailed. Because yeah. Well, that's why he played. Mr. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're here in five minutes in, yeah, and it's about that. scat play. Sweet. I miss a spot. Yeah, it looks intentional. <laughs>
So him and uh, one of his NCOs from that deployment, Drew St. Cyr, uh, kind of got together, put their heads together, and conceived uh, Warrior Reunion Foundation. They, they did their unit uh, back in 2015, and then Warrior Reunion Foundation was officially became an organization in 2017. Ironically, my my I, I got when I got off active duty, I wanted the reserves, and uh, we were their first official uh, reunion as WRF, um, and that's nice. how I got involved. I started volunteering with them after that, and then and then came on full time last year. Nice man. So for our listeners cool. out there, people that are interested in, in supporting an organization like this, you know, facilitating reunions, how do they find you? Like, what's the socials, man? Like, how, how do people uh, reach all, out to All you? our socials uh, are at Warrior Reunion. And then uh, you can check out our website, warriorreunionfoundation.org. Uh, if, you're, if you're a combat veteran and you're looking to get your unit back together, definitely check us out. Uh, follow us on social media, see what we're out there doing. And then uh, you can go to the Start Your Reunion section of our website, and that's where you'll get all the information on how you can you can reach out to us and start putting together a reunion. We're we're uh, we're looking to to fill some slots in 2024, so check us out. Nice, fantastic, thanks, Doug. Thank you, guys. Wow. I'm, I'm really it. looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, be it'll fun. be a debacle. Definitely. So yeah, guys, to to kick this off. You know, 20 years ago, we invaded Iraq and first recon, <laughs> Alpha through Charlie companies with H&S crossed the border and we were there for a bit, kicking ass, taking names as first recon does, and we couldn't have done it without each other. So not only do we have Bravo 2 dudes here, I got a bro from Bravo 3 that was there with will. us. Get in your will. Call sign, wait a bit. <laughs> Yeah. Strange, I'll just say it really quick. Uh, after we had chopped the head off the snake in Baghdad and then moved up to Bakuba and did all kinds of uh, recon uh, by fire missions and screening missions, we got back to this place called Diwania. And it was an old Soviet tank factory. And we stood to there in Diwania for months and months living underneath a carport that would get to 130, 140 degrees because the cement that was around it would cook during the day. Yes. So after a while, we got tray rats. It had been months and we'd been living on MRE. Then we got tray rats. And then some cats came around with some freaking cereal. And the cereal was called Weetabix. And it was these <laughs> twice the size of a toaster pastry piece of wheat, shredded wheat. Yeah, and so then powdered imagine, milk. imagine mini shredded wheat, but <laughs> this big. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Where, where, was, that was that Iraqi food? Don't speak Where did that come from? Yeah, it might have been something in the region of, of uh, the no, Middle no, East. No, no, it wasn't. It's, what so was for it, those of you that don't speak Rudy, it's called wheat a bit. <laughs> but, but Prescott wheat says it. Wheat a bit. And for some reason, it's a common. It's a, It's an older cereal. <laughs> yes, a very bits. old cereal. It was probably from the '60s because you know uh, uh, Josh and I fought in Afghanistan. We were the first Marines fighting in Afghanistan in a one from the ship, and the first MREs we got issued were the dark brown the, ones, the OG from, from the Desert, base of the ship, yeah, from from uh, uh, from Desert Storm and before. It was like chicken a la king. Oh, and uh, the omelet. Omelet. Yeah. Oh, oh foul they had the original freaking. Yeah, those had the original freaking like frankfurters in them. They're four fingers of death. The four, four fingers yes. of death. So they had been shitting. They had been sitting in a well deck of a ship for like twenty years. Yep. Yep. And that's what we eat. 
That's right. In Afghanistan. That's right. It's about right. S per SOP. Marine Corps. So shout out to the other brothers of First Recon. So, you know, Bravo 2 randomly, fucking randomly got a reporter. And that's what blew Bravo 2 up. But we cannot fucking forget about Bravo 3, Bravo 1, and every other company, every other recon Marine that was there with us. Bravo 2 got the... The light, the glory, the, the glory. glory. But we, they, we were all in it together. So I want everyone to remember well, we, it wasn't we just. We deserved it, though. We, we did deserve it. We were the best platoon for <laughs> we sure. Were the best out of all of so them. So we were the pipe. We were the pipe he hitter, pick, right? Everybody yeah, why else. Why did he pick your guys' as company? Do you think? Why do you think when he when he came forward and talked to you guys? What was the reporter's name from uh, Rolling Stone? Evan Wright. Wright. Evan Wright. Evan Wright. Evan Wright. Why did he pick your company? I'll tell you the truth. He was directed towards our company. I was going to say, I don't think he characters. He was directed to our company because also we were the most experienced heavy company platoon. Right. All of okay. Combat, most all of us were combat vets. Some of us had fought in Somalia and Desert Storm. We were a heavy heavy platoon and that's why we, to be honest that's why we were so successful to be yeah. honest because he, he wanted to be at the very front and he was told by fernando that we were going to be at the front or by general mattis so he picked first recon and then he talked to corporal Fer, or captain or fernando colonel, colonel fernando colonel fernando Man, I'm, we, we, we started drinking yeah. early, and this yeah, is empty, right? and I haven't right? had any food yet. Right. So, yeah, they we were we direct, drank the whole bottle. They were directed so. to us, and we had characters, but we also had, uh, and these guys will vouch, uh, the, the hardest dudes were in our platoon, or in our platoon, because a lot of the tough junior guys were grunts in Afghanistan with us as recon marines. We were just a heavy platoon, to be honest. Well, and then, too, and then Brad had built Colbert, so from the series yep. Brad Colbert, Ice Iceman, yep. which is <laughs> super stupid. Nobody ever called him that nope. except for a spare. Not once, <laughs> but no. not fucking once. You know we, the guys no. like Rudy and, I, Rudy and I. We all called him Big Gay Brad. Big Gay Brad was his because he's like, hey, I'm Big Gay Al. Well, you know well, from South Park. Well, he's uh, he was yeah, not yeah. a very effeminate quality. Yeah, he wasn't the quintessential um, meat eater gorilla. And um, instead, I never saw him PT once, and I and I knew him. I mean, you know, on my second enlist, I'd known him for three or four years. Never seen PT once. However, good dude, but but super smart. But what he did is he wanted to build a super team. So, like, so he actually kind of fucked me. So, because I was hoping to be an ATL or TL, and Brad made me his RTO, which really fucking pissed me off. He convinced Fick to make me his RTO. Because he wanted to build a super team, and and so my proficiency is, you know, the brain side, like technology, all yeah, that. Kind of and, 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 and on this note, the, the brain side. I mean, you see the width of the cranium sure. here. Sure. I mean, <laughs> the amount of cerebral power. I mean, this broke is his like, mother's pelvis. Broke his mother's true. pelvis coming out. True like story. a bulldog. God rest okay. her soul. They had to break her hip. To God, get me out. God rest her soul. But who was Brad's ATM? It was Aspera. Who became my TL So Aspera and Brad became buddies during Afghanistan. Remember, he was with the grunts, and they always hung out together. And Brad's the one that brought Aspera over. And so they were like butt-fucking each other. To be, and so to be, he made him his ATL. To be real, be very direct. It was a strategic move with from Brad. Because Brad uh, is not a physically dominant guy, 
So he brought a thug over for his ATL. To be honest, Tony's been fucking thug. Tony, dude. Yeah, he's, and, he's a grunt, right? Yes. He's a grunt platoon. He's a homie. Yeah, a squad leader yeah. through and through. He, he, ain't a fuck, he ain't a fucking recumbering. So he's a grunt. It was a, a really smart strategic move. And it paid dividends in the short term. But it really he, ruined he wanted, it, it really ruined both of their so, careers. So honestly, Brad was building he was trying to build a dream team. So like trying to amass the 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 best of each thing. It was a strategic So that move. if there were move. if there were any like side missions that were like high profile, that he would be the instant yeah. go to team for that. He was thinking gotcha. like a he was thinking like a captain or a major, not Correct. a sergeant. Correct. And so that's why I became credit. a fucking RTO. And he wanted. Where do you think the Iceman, the Iceman moniker came from? Do you think that was so Hollywood that just coming? Sarah. Out of fucking this. Sarah is the only one that ever called him Iceman because he's so clinical. <laughs> Colbert's very clinical. I don't mean this. I don't mean this negatively, but but Aspera was kind of dick sucked to Brad because he brought him over to Recon, right? And he gotcha. called him Iceman and looked up to him, right? I'm and not loyalty saying, and loyalty is a big deal. And it I, is. And I it's get fucking that. huge. I get right? that. And, and, and Espera so, is a loyal motherfucker. He is. he is. He's loyal. Espera is a good dude. I, I'm not trying to disparage him at all. But that's where the Iceman moniker came from, was from Espera. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I thought that was something completely Hollywood that, you know, the uh, how much, so what would, like, percentage-wise, what would you guys say percentage-wise was just total made-up fucking garbage that they threw into sensationalized story. I would say nothing. I would say nothing made life. up. I would say nothing was made up. But how it, it was, was portrayed? How right. it was portrayed? The, the right. sensationalized. So, you you have skewed. to imagine. So, so yeah, here's, the way, here's inflated, the way. Inflated in a very short. You're, you're capturing an entire eight month, six month deployment True. in seven parts, seven hours. Seven hours. Of well, actors portraying, I love these guys, Kellen Lutz, yep. our actors, PJ. Michael Kelly. That portrayed psychopath fucking recon Marines, right? So they have to overcompensate and inflate to portray. Well, us. two. So, like, any, anytime in storytelling, right? So if you're going to tell a story that spanned nine months, you need to compress that, right? Of course, That's and for so sure. for sure, the easiest way to do that in a book, which is what Evan Wright did, is you have to typecast. And, and the the virtue of typecasting is that you can compress an individual to a type, and that fills a ton of backstory to people. Archetype, they, they archetype. archetype people, Stafford. and so you immediately now know kind of who yep. they are without I having hope. to tell the full backstory. And yeah. so, yep. and then two. Is this is Evan's perspective of us? That's and that's which what is which is the most. roughly like a PFC or a Lance Corporal and a no, and a liberal and not even a PFC because at least a PFC has to sleep with his rifle in boot camp and knows how to say kill. I'm, I'm telling you're you the right, truth. Right, right, and right. remember, I worked on the production every day. But but then, then you get yes. but then you get Evan's perspective, right? Which is the book, which is what it's based off of, for sure. But then you have. Then you have, and then you have HBO Wayne, HBO, which is very liberal, and David Simon and his perspective of Evan Wright's perspective. Yes. Oh, they were battling. Right. Let me, right. They were battling on set, and and I think Evan was let go. Oh, really? Evan, 
Evan was battling for more money and more prestige. This is now a production. I would say as a production, it was, it was absolutely fantastic compared to anything that's ever been done before. However, me watching day to day, it was just as nefarious, diabolic, and uh, as backstabbing as any place on Wall Street. Now, Ed's, uh, uh, um, David Simon, who had done The Wire, and uh, and then Ed Burns, who was a Vietnam veteran, police uh, uh, police yeah a policeman, MP. and then and then oh. a and then a school teacher. They wrote The Wire about the 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 the, the uh, fallout and the the de degradation of the city of Baltimore. And they yep. made money on telling the story of corruption. It informed their worldview. To be real, none of these people, while we were in a war on terror for 20 years, picked up a rifle and did a damn thing. I look back and I look at these people. They were making money on people's pain and struggle and, and glory. And they turned it into typecast archetypes to tell their narrative. Military is bad. America is bad. Bush is an idiot. And look at these brave young men uh, brought up to the slaughter. And yet, yet, yet the dialogue was real. Yet the combat was re really well done. The combat was understated, I would say. Yeah, just, it just as it should be, because that's the way it is in real so, life. So, you know, and I'm in the entertainment business now, and I'm at a status that I can gay, tell the truth about gay, all this. Gay porn. Yeah, 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 not that entertainment business, although my skin is so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that is entertaining. Yeah, I have this. It was very entertaining. Now, looking back, 20 years, or well, 15 years, 13 years after the series, all services, they hold Generation Kill as the most authentic and the most culturally connected experience well, of the global the, war on the, terror the one thing i will give david simon a lot of kudos for is because he called me early on when they okay. were doing the scripts and ed burns was writing a lot of the, the filler buddy. right you guys, you guys are buddy buddy N not really but so yeah you didn't you talk about you did you 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 did some of the technical stuff for them right i remember yeah, you talked so about that I, in, I in, a lot of in, involvement in, yeah. as well but it was more behind the scenes so early on gotcha. it was so david simon and i talked on the phone and he's like look I want a Marine to be able to watch this series and see absolutely nothing wrong with it. And he had kind of made it, right. he, had made, he had made a name for himself in The Wire as a cop show doing kind of the same thing. And so I was like, cool. And one of the first things that I started doing was I started taking Ed Burns, which was Army Vietnam era. And Very he would, disillusioned. He would write Very disillusioned. And I would then rewrite that for current Marine Corps Culture. Slang yeah. and culture. culture, gotcha. And so, and writing nine lines, things for like it was really well done. It was, that that and that was so well done in the series, and that's what yes. what what goes to the front. That's what people experience with it, right? And like Eric and and Jeff on set, like they met with the prop makers and like little things like the starlight scope. They worked tirelessly. You know, Eric the, and the, Jeff the, worked tirelessly. The prop makers would make these elaborate like transformers looking cool shit. Yep, fabricate. And, they, and Eric and Jeff would show up and look at it and just break it over their knee and be like, no, this is wrong. This is not what a starlight scope looks like. You get no artistic freedom here. It needs to look exactly like this. And they did, even were they did that. Were they able to get those props? It, well, were they, was, were uh, not, 
they had to fabricate and then ultimately after fabrication make molds and then cast these things in rubber and wow. uh, that's crazy yeah. you think somebody would have somebody in fucking hollywood have that shit laying around somewhere i mean Mary, patrick to this day watch dune the new production Love that was 150 million dollars they're still wearing the same Nomax gloves with the little piece the of flight gloves. The same that. flight gloves <laughs> that I used for the show because yeah. companies, companies run the outfitting. It's 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 very interesting. So yes, it was what Eric and Jeff did was very counterculture to make sure it was so authentic. Which is exactly what wow. David Simon wanted. Yeah. So, right? Like that's why there's no music in the series. There's only two songs in the entire seven-part miniseries. Right. You're at the end? I didn't There's realize that. Yeah. At the very end, and that is when they played the Johnny Cash song. And then Avril Lavigne. No, no, oh, no. Oh, no, no. It was Teenage Dirtbag. No. <laughs> but we were singing it. It was a song I wrote and recorded that's playing in a jukebox. Shameless plug. In the Shut motor. Shut up. You wrote the song? Yeah, so I sold them the music rights to a song called It's Free Up Time. Oh, by MC Moda. The, rap. Yeah. the rap song. You never told me this. Yes. So I sold them the music rights. It's, it's in one of the episodes. It's when they're in like a motor T pool. And the only reason they put it in is because there's a boom box in the motor T playing the song. So it's not like playing like a song would normally play in a movie. It's playing like background music. But it's me singing. And <laughs> Unlike... <laughs> All the beats. Yes. And it's it's a sarcastic song about re-enlisting yes, in the Yes, because Marine he Corps. was such an unmotivator. He so my, my handle for that motivator. was MC Moto. Yes, tongue in cheek always. So we were not allowed. We were not like the rest of the military. We are not allowed to have music or any comforts out there. I'm serious. This is this is why I hold this on such a high no esteem. No cots. No. I'm talking nothing. so calm. Anybody. I don't care what tier. We lived hard and, and uh, ancient. There was no music. Yeah. There was no headphones al allowed. All we had was each other. Well, and why we would you waste the space on bat when you can stick an extra yes. battery? Absolutely. Yeah. Or another magazine. Yeah. Or another, or another magazine. More water. Or more water. Right. And, yeah. and so all we had was each other. And, uh, and to 150 pounds in our rock. Yeah. Locate, closer than destroy the enemy. The only thing, two things on our mind were those two things. And I, I think so that's when you really guys Women. When you guys, when First Recon showed up in the Middle East, were you guys across the border in Kuwait? Where exactly were you guys at? Yes. Right? Yes, yeah. for a few months. Cameron, uh, Cameron, training, training, Matilda. training, training, and probing and doing stuff right on the border to, to get eyes, uh, get Iraqi eyes looking our way. Matter of fact, we had a, that one incredible training op where the – Thunder and rain came in and a lightning fucking blanked out all the comms. And you remember we were training. You don't remember this? Vehicle, vehicle mounted. Yes. My, my, my we comms never went out. We were – So I'll say this. My comms never went out. Uh, I'm sure his comms went out first. That's why no, no one was talking. Never. You don't remember the electrical storm? No. Well, we were rehearsing, well, we were rehearsing the bridge mission right. over and over in the cover of darkness. Yeah. And – and then we had to have it and then it was kanked because now it was getting so extreme with the electrical storm and so much rain and we were only driving on knots do you vaguely remember this now no. that there's a picture of the only thing i really remember from you, but i told uh 
was when you burned my fucking face off. Yeah, you'll forever with remember With the hexamite tabs. Yeah, and I did him a favor. Cooking fucking coffee. All right, all right check it out, guys. So we're really living, happy. Look, we're living in these fucking gigantic, like, Middle tents. Eastern fucking tents that were actually quite awesome to block us from the goddamn elements. Yeah. And our tent specifically was segregated. It was second platoon and third platoon who had the back end. We had a bunch of shit in the middle that segregated us, but we're all bros. We're free-flowing back and forth. Yeah. Lots of shit talking. Brewing fucking coffee. This guy brings a percolator, right? <laughs> yes, and it wasn't. It was not just the percolator. What it was is we had JPA. It was, it was JPA. It was JPA. the diesel fuel that yeah. we were trying to use in these stoves. Yeah, and it was really well, we hard to burn. We didn't have the jets for the JPA. Yep. And so what you had, oh, yeah. Yeah. you could use it. That's right. But you had to put a hexamite tab under yep. the fuel <laughs> under the fuel line. Yeah, yeah. And light that first to preheat that. So then when you turned on the diesel. That it would actually light and it burn. It was hot enough to light. I used to love those fucking. I used to love those heat tabs. I wish they. I wish they kept giving those things out. Oh, those yeah. things were so awesome. Those, so Rudy is going to make coffee. So yeah. and, and it the, was always a family affair. I mean, we made coffee yeah. for everybody. It was. Some November Juliet. Yeah, right? some sweet November Juliet. <laughs> Good Lord. I know. Taryn we are in a different, <laughs> I know, different, a different time. time and place. A different time. So he, he had this, <laughs> this stove, but it's windy outside. So yep. you put the inside the tent. He just lights the hexamite tab. And, and once it heats up and gets it lit, he's going to take it outside. Yep. Well, the outside, when you filled it with the diesel, the outside has diesel on it. Well, he's holding it. Yep. And he lights the heck of my tap, and he's burning it, and he's walking to the outside, and the diesel on the outside of the thing catches fire. Gosh. And so he drops it. Well, I happen to be sitting. Laying, not laying, sitting. Laying. <laughs> Sleeping. Against the tent. And when that thing hits the deck, the hexamite tab, it's all gel now. Yep. And so it yep. goes like this, and it splatters all across my face. And so I have shit. Like so, the whole place so, yeah. about to go. So up I have a burning hexamite napalm all over my He's got face. Napalm. He handled it like I a rolled, stud. I gotta I be honest. I rolled my face into the tent and to put you, it out. Didn't so, I saw somebody. It might have been Gabe. It might have been somebody leap to you and throw something on your yeah. face too, like a, well, like, a like like already. like a poncho or yeah. something. And then now the isomat's on fire, and it's like going. I mean, and. I've never seen Recon Brothers move so fucking fast. But dudes exploded water. But, but I have Wolverine healing powers yeah, for some reason. He I did, don't know his why. shit came right so back. So that's my superpower. His, his eyeball grew back. Is that I can I heal like yeah, so fast. Yeah, I don't know do. how it happens. Brother, but for sure. I must have like HGH fucking so coming sure, out. Like a ass. tiger's blood. Tiger's blood, Tiger's right? Blood. I'm fucking Wolverine. Right? Machine. Like I get a cut, boom, a day later yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Right, no scar, no nothing, and so I'm burned, and they're like, "You're fucking burned." Yeah. Oh, oh we might now lose you. Now you can't do the invasion. We, we can't. You. We're yeah. gonna lose you before we even. Oh fuck! And literally within a week, all these like third, third degree, third burns. degree burns. They put silvadon on my face, yep. and the corpsmen were like, "I go back," and they're cleaning it up, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's fucking healed." It's healed. <laughs> And 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 what was it? Uh, Timmy Bryan, yes. the corpsman, he's 18 like Delta, eighteen Delta. He goes, Confound dude. It. Yeah. When we get back to the states, they need study. to do a fucking study we need on to you, do a dude. Study on you. Whatever your body does, yeah, yeah, it is insane. Yeah. And I was fully healed within a week. <laughs> and a that was before burn. the invasion. That was the worst I was healed he got. before the invasion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Holy yeah, shit! I remember bro. that shit. 
You're yeah. <laughs> I had to meet with Fernando, and they're like all pissed. And I had to pretend. cover story. I had to pretend that Rudy was outside. Yeah, there was a cover story. And all of us circled the wagons. Yes. These guys circled the wagons. Thick circled Fick the wagons. Fucking circled the wagons. Everybody circled. Gunny Wind circled the wagons. What, for our listeners, what, what do you mean by circle the wagons? Meaning we came up with a story, and yep. that was our and fucking we, story, and we're sticking to it. And we yep. protected ourselves from the Mongolian invaders, i.e. the headshot. Yep. As in, as the colonel. Higher command. From the, the fucking colonel uh, yeah, yes. and the fucking sergeant yes. major. And, and, who wasn't a pogue, yep. but he is a pedo. Yeah. Right? Touch uh, kids. He does wow. touch the girls. Yeah, do you, you guys want – so I think a lot of people really, really don't know about that. And obviously, that's not something huge we want to get into. But you guys want to kind of touch so it because I'm assuming he's the one question I get a lot is that surely his character is a caricature. The way he speaks, and I'm like, right. no, dude, he spoke exactly like that. I don't like, remember how he spoke. I think it's in the for in in the Marine Corps. I think when you we give everybody everybody his name the, 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 his and name and, and so so like they use Marines got to like it's I don't even know how to do it but police your mustache his name but police those Moose, mustaches mustaches you know? but what what was his what, what was the his Marine name what you make first sergeant you're issued a speech impediment his name was Santiago. Oh, Santiago, like, like he had this, like he had this, like little gimp hand. Also, he was a good dude, yeah. but, but, but he would be like, "You need to." Uh, he's Puerto Rican, and he's like, "Hey, you, you guys need to go to the uh, S two and do the." He's Puerto Rican, by the way. About By the way, Sonny he's Ogre. a jerk. He's a jerk. Sonny Ogre is fucking awesome. Yes, yes. So I was just. I, I bust at, the balls with people yeah. I love. You guys don't know this. He gave me my first page 11. Santiago. I love the guy. And I'm sure you deserved it. He would bring the wine. deserved it. The wine dude from Puerto Rico. The yes. wine moonshine. He was in the He's just the sweetest man. By the way, I just saw all of our old recon brothers three or four weeks ago before I went to New Zealand for. A Recon Brothers retirement at at the new ARS BRC on Pendleton. It's not ARS. Uh, no, don't it's not ARS. It, don't even give but, it that But moniker. you know what? I will tell you what. ARS is ARS. Yes, nothing else. Is but, their, but their ropers were squared away and did everything. And I brought Jay the first time she got to see a retirement ceremony. We had We had freaking Kruger. We had Santiago. We had Gary Gordable. We had all... We had uh, Biddle. We had all kinds of cats. Santiago's Silver Fox. Uh, oh, yeah. Where's he living? Yeah, Puerto Rico. All like, all, like, all like 110 pounds of them. Yeah, still at least. Three. Yeah, I went. I went to ARS. Yeah. I yeah. went to the hard one. Though. Real, real recon. Real recon yeah. Marines went to ARS. Not true. The BRC bitch. West the bitch. For the bitch. Yeah. To know, ARS is East Coast. BRC was a West Coast. They had flat land because they. They couldn't have the well, hills, no, the man, badge, so. no, no, We had no, fucking it, swamps, yeah, dude. And, and veg. And no, and and no bed grass. Reckoning. And no brass and looking at us. And, and, and bed reckoning through the deadfall at night in four. Doing, doing underwater crossovers in the fucking swamp. Yeah. What's that called? So, underwater yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, no. Party film. Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. What was our sergeant major's name? Sixta. Sixta. Bobby Sixta. Uh, the coward of cough, G. Oh, you know his first name. 
Yeah, old Bobby Six. Who, the coward of Kofji. Yeah, yeah, so the, the story on that, so in Desert Storm. Actually, was he at that? Because that, so the first Gulf War, Kofji was supposed to be, at the time, like, wasn't that the big... Yeah, so like, the reason we got the battle of people want to fucking slit his throat is they were with the team and they went off to go use a phone, I guess, or something. And they were on a roof. Yeah, I thought they were doing and they a, had a, a, one of those a little Toyota, Toyota Highlanders or something. They were right? up on the roof, the team, five, six guys. And he and they get and, and they get run on and he fucking takes off in the truck and leaves the rest of his team. He says they're eating. Holy his shit. Six to. Yeah, Sixta. And so that's why he got the name Coward of Kofji. So the old school guys when we were in fucking nobody hated respected his him. Guts. First Sergeant Smith, nobody respected him. They're like, him. I hope he dies. So he just stayed in and just picked up rank because he's still here. Yes. And to be, as it's portrayed in, in Generation Kill, is quite correct. Although he's the highest ranking enlisted guy at the unit, nobody took him seriously. And he kind of. He was, was a fucking joke. Put into his own little place with 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 uh, Lincoln Logs and Tinker Toys. Like here's the and best here's the best example. So wh- while we were there, so it used to be the Jump Wings and the Silver Dive Bubble, right? And that was the yep. stack. Well, yep. dual cool. Half, halfway through, dual cool. So halfway through, well, we had the quad <laughs> bodies, right? So Sniper, Jump, Dive, and Ranger. Yep. So. You had the stack, right? And the silver bubble meant you went to dive school. Well, not all dive schools are created equally. That's right. So there were some dive schools which were like glorified paddy courses, essentially. Yes. Scuba diving course through the Navy as opposed to combatant dive. So there's the Marine Corps Combat Dive School down in Panama City. Well, halfway through, they decided, hey, we're going to differentiate the two with the emblems. So if you went to the bullshit dive school you get the silver bubble if you went to marine combat dive school you got a gold bubble which was new yeah, a little new mask yeah that's what, yeah. Year was, what year did that start because i i remember a lot of dudes running around with the fucking silver bubble oh yeah that's how it was in the it 90s it was silver bubble up until 2002 i think even. maybe 2002 2001 yeah. it was after we got back from afghanistan okay, okay. 2000, yeah. early and then, then, then it was the gold over gold and then, then eventually gold, right well, yep, yep. if you didn't go to Marine Con- Combat Dive School, you didn't rate the gold bubble. Yep. You had to wear the silver one. Yep. Fucking Sixta, the very next day after they instituted that, didn't wear either. Because he would rather wear nothing yeah. than wear that silver bubble and not the gold bubble. Because yeah. he didn't rate the gold bubble. Yeah. This dude, this analyzer, remembers yeah, that small detail from that. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, well, because the guy, there were quite a few that did yeah, that. The guy, that the guy they just completely really stopped wearing the stack. Damn. Because the Marine Corps, that's, that's, you know, for those the, those that aren't like, especially if you're Army or Navy or whatever, ruthless. the Marine Corps doesn't no. have tabs and no. patches. Yep, We're yep. the only unit at that time of all units to rate devices unless you were well, an airman. Unless you were an airman. If you went to jump school, you could wear it, right? But you would wear the silver yep. until you got your five jumps and then you get the gold. If it's you went it. to dive school. So typically, <laughs> typically, if you had both the jump and the dive, you were 99.9% you're a recon Marine. At some point. Yeah, 90 yeah, you guys. How many fucking idiots? How many admin idiots do you see running around with fucking the army led wings who got it for their realistic? They got their five jumps and never jumped again. You were cool as it's called with, 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 with our ranks. Ninety nine point nine were all yeah. recon marines. Occasionally, a, 
Yeah, you'd oh, get a guy with lead sons and admin that got jump school as like a reenlistment yep, but bonus. They'd never or something. Get combat yep. dive. But combat dive, you, you really had to be a reenlistment. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't see that in the Marine Corps if they're not fucking recon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, everybody has their emblem that they would wear. Well, Marine Corps had no devices like that. No. And so the only way you could really tell that a, a recon marine versus any other and marine sadly, was, was the dual. There were plenty great recon marines that didn't go to insert schools that were that were scout snipers and that were magnificent. So sad, <laughs> sadly, I didn't well, go to dive school. But actually, to be honest, since raising his hand, everybody who's who in the zoo knows who's who and respects who's who. So Larry, you know, we Larry, don't, yeah, we Larry, don't even need anything on the chest. Larry, Larry Sean Patrick's is a yeah, quad for sure. Pocket. Yeah, he's oh, a quad body. Yeah, I, used to, I used to laugh. So I was never, dude. I I was fucking infantry. I was security forces. And then it's I was up, in a riverine up. unit when I was still in the Marine Corps. I, I, I used to laugh. Every Marine's a rifleman. <laughs> JJ Gitai Buckle. We're all equally worthless. <laughs> JJ Gitai Buckle. I used to laugh at the fucking recon dudes. Cause we, uh, so I was in a small craft company in Camp Lejeune, the riverine unit. And okay. we actually had a couple... It was weird. We had a couple. We had a couple recon dudes in there that I don't know how they ended up in the fucking unit. I honestly, I, to this day, I still really don't know. There's this dude Fitzpatrick who would be a recon. DUIs. You know what? Yeah, you probably. Know, Patrick. Yeah, I'll let you continue. Continue, Patrick. Then I've got something to say. It, I. It was funny. Because we would see the Anglico dudes running around, and they had oh, yeah. the black – they would wear the black sweat. But, Everybody and, wanted and to wear black. And, oh, my God, the recon dudes would get so fucking pissed because these dudes oh, were in black like, silkies oh, and black hoodie. Oh, now, check this out, Patrick. The, um, black on black was the, uh, Yep, yep. I, both Jason and I did turnover with second recon. There was a big cultural difference between West Coast and East Coast. Amen. And everybody says for East sure. Coast is so tough. I disagree in general, much less disciplined. Uh, smoke. Smoked smoke. cigarettes. Smoke. First smoke, and yeah. foremost, that's already a fucking no go. White discipline, dog. Yeah, everything. Dis smell discipline. Smell everything. discipline. I yeah. think yeah. because the East yeah. Coast was such a de degraded and, and – Very country. Yeah. Very, very country. Very, very, very. Uh, well, in 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 San Diego, we've got triathlon. We've got a music scene. We've got martial art. We've, we would do the just, escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, it was just a, such triathlon. a different culture. Yeah. And yeah. we were blessed to For be sure. at a time in the unit where our senior leadership, when I came in, it was recon company. It was only three platoons. Yeah. Same. Yes, we were, too. we were recon. It was just such. You it know, was we so had the small. Spark. We had sparks. We had these. Our officers were excellent. We had Dill. We had, our, you know, everybody. Yeah, EC, ECD every, was a Yes, everybody was tight. Um, it was it was, it it was, was a good different. old boy club, it right? So at that point in time, <laughs> so this, because it was so small, they could be a lot more selective. Control. It was first quality control. company. So, so when you do selection, you're looking for people that are not badge hunters. You're looking for people that want to do the job and yeah. love it. And, and, and work so, great together. Work great and so together. It was like its own little cult. Yeah. And so, yeah. so they would pick people that they knew would gel with their cult. Of course. 
And so you but everybody, a, but everybody yeah, had to have a baseline. It was a meritocracy. Yes, yes everybody I, I, did. I, I, am I right? Everybody did have to have a baseline. It's funny that you guys, you guys say that because literally that's how tier one stuff is now. You want to go to CAG, you want to go to Delta. It's like, yeah, you can phys if you can phys like most of those guys can physically make it through the screening, but then a large portion of those guys get weeded out in the in, in the interviews. And if you're not like you're not going to click with the team. You're not going to fit with the dudes. You're not going to make it. You know, yes, that's right. a big part of what they do. So the it's kind of like, yep, it, it's kind of coming back around the same sort of thing. Even when you make it, you're always proving it. You go to ARS Even or when you make it, you're still and you technically have the MOS. Because at the time, there's a secondary MOS yep. as well. So yep. Yep. You, may, you you have the MOS, but you get chopped to your unit. You're still not a recon marine yet. No, you still got to wear a rope. You're Imagine a roper. being an MOS uh, cat that's been through a hard – and we went to ARS, a fucking hard school, where I've seen – It was an attrition Marines, school. It was an attrition yeah, school. Better Marines, uh, senior yeah, sergeants, scout snipers, and had already yeah, been a ranger, fail because of injury. And in those days, there is no recycle. These were better men and – there was no money to keep yeah. them in, and they get thrown back yeah. to the grunts. And yeah. it's, it's, wow. we go through the selection, and still we get to the unit. You wear a rope, and you wear a green T-shirt. And you're a roper, and you don't get to wear the black on black, and you have to run everywhere until you get the end dock. And even then, you're still, you're still fucking on boot ass You're still on notice. Right? You're still on notice for your first you three or four years. With, yeah. you know? and I wow, have that's crazy. I wouldn't either. I loved it. It was it was very much a meritocracy. It was very much OJT. Yep. Uh, and it was it again. It was a cult. There was no manual, right? It was we bring you into the fold and we breed you. Yeah. Right. We breed you. And, and, and it was turn almost a religious, a religious. Uh, it was a religious uh, approach to what we wanted in each other and yeah. in respect to the unit. And, and to bring it back to Generation Kill. We were looking back, we were so successful, no one was killed. Yeah, we were so fucking successful because we all had so much passion and love for each other and the respect of what we what we stood for. We, we were we just didn't take any shortcuts. We fought, brother, with no fucking sleep for weeks at a time in mop suits, and there were no shortcuts for anybody. And that is why we won, to be honest. Yeah, when do you say that? Go ahead. What do you what, what do you think? No, that's a really good point, dude. Like, we talked about this today, actually, a few hours ago. We took, as far as I know, two two injuries, and it was Larry Sean Patrick to the foot, and the it was Darnold. the foot, Darnold, and Darnold, Trevor Darnold. He took got the shot in like the a BB, arm, basically, in the shrapnel or something. Right? Yeah. No, no, he took a round okay. to the forearm. Was it direct. Yeah, he took an AK round direct. The round was in his arm. And he got medevaced out, but and that was Moffatia, correct? No, 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 no. That was it was before no, Nazaria or Moffatia. It, it was no, that it was. one where we turned the corner. Yes, and that's Moffatia. No, Moffatia was the bridge. Oh, you're right. Ambush. No, well, well, Dewanier. Was it no, no? Dewanier was when we retrograded back. Bill. What was it had the no bill? name? It had what no was name. the bill? I know the right. bill. It had no name. The bill before. All right. So, so it was the like, one in Generation Kill where they're going in and there's this big building and they're like shooting at them. That's the one. Where oh we yeah, turn, yeah, yeah. We turn right. So well, Darnold got. On, by we're, the way. we're just it open was back on. Homies. By the way, so yeah. we turn that corner. We had it we on. had twenty two whole right. rounds yeah, yeah, go coming. through our Humvee. So it was on. Yeah, 
So that's check, crazy oh, that, 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 that went on and up. no one was killed. I'm I'm blown away that I mean you guys know how many like you're talking about it, how many rounds you guys took and no one was killed and no you one. don't have it. It's not like you're rolling in MRAPs or up arm even up armored Humvees. I cannot believe nobody I was killed. Back Humvees with fucking turret that we had insane. made and welded into the fucking. Dune, dune buggies with a great suspension is what we were driving in. <laughs> no armored reconnaissance. Yeah. NAR was our joke, dude. But we were all so <laughs> alert. We were just so on. And our it was ar- awesome. It was yeah, epic. our armor was our attitude and our heavy guns and that we cared about each other at the same time, always competing with each other, but in the right way, not in a... Not in a, uh, in a driving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make in you the wolf best pack, Rudy possible. That's right. You want to make me the best. That's right. It wasn't a blue falcon kind of way. No. It's awesome. We held each other to accountability. Evan Wright get through that without? Did he not like completely piss himself in that yeah, situation? Yeah. We'll let we'll let so, Ray so talk Evan, about that. So Evan was in our Humvee. So we're, we turned the corner. I'm driving. So I drove, and that's depicted and in Jerry's film. But at that time too. I drove because so there was yeah. no so fucking bad. way anyone else was driving that Humvee. Because <laughs> you, you probably know this. I like in combat, you never know how somebody's going to respond until they've been put in that moment. So you oh, have the sure. biggest shit talkers. Again, I love yeah. a spirit of death. Yep. yep. And I'm going to give yeah, him kudos here at the end. Yeah. But the first firefights, he talks big shit. Yeah, he does. Man, I was repo in L.A. Yeah, you don't even know, dog. I'm fucking right. I'm, Mexican. I'm fucking hard. You know, I'm from a bumfuck town in the middle of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, and I'm from Kansas City. He's from country, rural Missouri. I'm, I'm from country bumpkin motherfucker, right? And we roll in, and the first big firefight we get into, here's where I'm going to give him kudos. He's like, dog, I locked up. He did own up to it. And he owned up to it, and then he was better he, from that story. You own it, and then he moves, right? Yeah, good. He, he was good after that, right? But he owned up to it. You never know how somebody's going to react until bullets start flying. And so there was no yeah. fucking way anyone else was driving that vehicle with my life <laughs> and their control Yeah. if I don't know how they're going to respond. I know how I'm going to respond. I'm just going to do what needs to get done. No problem. I've had bullets shot at me before. It's not an issue, right? And remember, we had already been in Afghanistan, and our senior guys from our platoon before had been in Somalia, Desert Yeah, Star. like Patrick. Yeah, Larry so, Sean we, Patrick. We, uh, so we, we had experience. So we're driving through there. So they, they had told us about them baiting guys or, like, dropping wires to catch guys on the Humvees and, and it stuff. Did, and it hit and Walt one Hasser of them hit Walt and Hasser. Fucking right and fuck I, we're in the middle of this fucking driving through this shooting alley where they're shooting at us. And I just fucking slam on the brakes because I don't want him to get snagged and pulled out of the Humvee. And I'm like, Walt, you good? Walt, you good? And he had to pound on the top. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then, I, and then and we then kept we going. we burned through. Interesting. When you it caught on the back, because I was right behind you, it caught on the back of your gypsy rack after yep. Walt. And when you pushed through, the thing snapped with so much force, it hit my winch, ripped the winch off. And because my arms, remember, we had no doors. My arms were here as I was driving. The fu- the winch hit my elbow and almost tore my fucking arm. That's the one where, so we had rounds. Oh, so we, oh, had and a, we were getting masked on Yeah, so I had a round go right behind my head. Oh, so was, I'm lurched forward. Yeah, driving. me too. I, was and I, had a, I had a round go right behind my head. If I was driving normally, it would yeah, have caught oh, me right bro. in the fucking neck. But it went right behind my head and hit the side post in the Humvee and yeah. shattered. Yeah, and it like threw shrapnel and all into these my boys, ears and Everybody shit. aside from the drivers, everyone else 
guns outboard, rock and everything. Oh, to, yeah. To put it, so know? I had my M4 out the window like fucking bam, 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 bam. <laughs> so I turn around at the end of that to make sure Evan's okay. And all I see is a fucking Kevlar with two boots sticking out the bottom of it. I don't know how. <laughs> so Evan Wright is like 6'5 or something. Down he's in the bottom. He's fucking huge. Yep. And he turned into water and melted into the, the floorboard on the left side. That's Humvee. right. So I'm taking control. So, so, so to paint a picture here for everyone that's listening, which a lot of you are civilians <laughs> with no idea about combat training. Imagine one of you sitting in the... The very first vehicle in the front, no, back right seat, excuse me. No training on how to fucking defend yourself and kill. You're, you're, you're a scribe. That was his first. You, you're observing. Yeah. He's a civilian, He's a, a writer, writer, dude. He wrote for Hustler Magazine. Awesome. That's, right. That's why we loved him initially. So we're young guys, women, right? So this dude, <laughs> we're getting in the biggest fucking fight of our lives, the first one anyway. Yeah. I mean, hundreds, thousands of rounds coming at us, dude. Over, overwhelming fucking firepower. Absolutely. And then we're and an outboard uh, automatic grenade launchers and 50 cals dropping buildings. It was like we were Godzilla through Tokyo. True story. And you have a civilian from LA who's there to <laughs> merely collect and observe. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's in the, 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 the worst of it, dude. I, I think a lot of people don't give the dude credit. I give him credit. I give him a lot of credit. And he I, he I thought about quitting later. after that. He thought about, you know, I'm, uh, I'm on ready to go. I'm sure, I, like, I, stick with it. Stick with it. And dude stuck. That's why I asked because, you, I, I, I mean, putting a civilian in a situation like that that's never been part of something like that, I can't even imagine what his thought process was. So the yeah. fact that he didn't fucking call it. Right, I didn't know that it was the first one. It's, it's been I've seen the series, but it's been fucking ten years ago or whatever. I'm I can't believe, and like you guys just said, kudos. I can't believe he didn't call it right after that. And be like, all right, fucking, I'm done. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, well, yeah. to be on, to be well, he to be honest, to. to be honest, if he could have, he, he would have. <laughs> We were in the middle of leading an invasion, and there's no assets to we, get we a were, motherfucker out. We were out. in the very front. Like, yeah. the, the invasion was behind us. There was no us. assets to get yeah, him out. There's not a fucking Uber to <laughs> go to the airport. Like, I'm done with this. Like, he's stuck with this. He's going to walk home. say afterwards, like, I want to get the fuck out of here, but I, I have no way to do it. He's like, you know, I, th I think it might be done. We're like, don't be a pussy, dude. <laughs> And and he he did that after every firefight. Yeah, which but he stuck a lot. Through the whole, he's like, I don't oh, know really? if I was just so naive. He was, or whatever. It was naivety, honestly. But I respect. But he it. felt comfortable as time went on. He felt comfortable. The being blanket with us. of us. Yes. The blanket of us is just fucking killing shit. And to this day, remember, I drug, I, I fucking dug his first fighting hole because the motherfucker was frozen. His ranger grave. He couldn't yeah. fucking. Sleeping. He couldn't act. <laughs> he was frozen. I said, at least get the fuck down. Cause he's six foot five. At least fucking take a knee. And I dug his fucking range grave and put him down there. <laughs> day, he will tell you the most transformational experience and what he feels that has been most important in his life is that three or four weeks with us to yeah. this day. I'm sure. I'm sure for, for somebody that's never experienced something like that. The it's, first time that you, I mean, for a military guy, the first time that you deploy is a big deal. And then to deploy and go into combat, something you've been training for your whole life or your, your whole military career is very transformative. Yeah. I can't imagine being a civilian who's like, I want to write about combat 
and then you just end up in that situation. Yeah, that to this day, this guy, I, that guy, still probably fucking says the Lord's most forward reporter for the entire invasion. And Patrick, without him, who knows? There may not be a Raider battalion, right? Yep. If he wouldn't have yep. captured what we did. And, right. So this and then, is the and significance then, yes, and the power of yes. it. Yes. And then, you know, uh, Jason and I went back to Fallujah after that and fucking wrecked house. After that, MSAB was created. Whole different deployment. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, but we were on the radar. And, you know, we have to give him credit for that. If it wasn't for Rolling Stones. Yeah. Do, you know for sure, do you know how many guys joined the Marine Corps because, because of, of us? Because of us. Sure. sure. I hear that all the time. Yep. I, Which, yeah, I'm sure. Back, we were the redheaded stepchild. We yeah. were like we were in hot shit. Yep. Because it's, of what Evan wrote in the Rolling Stone articles. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Brad, yeah. he was picking up that. staff sergeant. He was a sergeant at the time picking up staff. He had to go meet in in front of Mattis and kind of explain himself for the Generation Kill thing before they let him pick up staff. There, there was no really? fucking way. Stated because yeah, I, I, I kind of became the scapegoat for that whole thing. What's the word? Like they thought I ghost wrote the whole thing. Yeah, what's the word? They, <laughs> no, I, I don't think in some and then, ways. Like, I don't like think... here, let, let's talk about it here because I've never like spoken this okay, on a podcast, talk, but talk. oh boy, Griego. Okay. Look, Griego, when I first came back, I was fucking not welcome. Griego hated my fucking yeah. guts. Because he saw me as the personification of the whole Generation Kill thing, the articles. And, and he made stuff. it personal with you. And it made it personal. I was the center and the focus of everything negative from that series. If he would have fucking communicated to me, I would have vouched for him and said, look, they stereotyped him. These, this, The whole battery thing was not his fucking Dude. debacle. He was making lemonade out of lemons, right? Yes, that's a better way to put it. He's a good fucking dude, and I would have vouched for him. He's paid his dues. He's paid his dues in the in the recon community since ninety one. Griego's a good fucking dude. He was. And if he just would have fucking communicated me, the brown brother, I would have been his biggest advocate. I'm with you. But he turned me into his focus of hate of that whole thing, and his and his on the whipping post, and it was misdirected. And and honestly, like look, look. If they think he, they get you, if you think they got you so wrong, what makes you think that they got me so right? Well said. In any of us. Yeah, well said. Truly. Yeah, they turned you know me I mean? into a cartoon as well. They turned me into a character. Yeah, they turned me into a cartoon. Right? They made me into a broad like, surfer. Look, yeah, like, yeah. look, am I an asshole that's sarcastic? Yes. You're not an asshole. You have a very cutting sense of humor, uh, but you give the shirt off your back. So right. you're really not an asshole. Uh, you're just your cutting sense of it's humor dark, and your clever humor. and your clever humor. Right. Right. You're, a lot, you're a lot fucking funnier than you were on the show. I tell you that. True story. Don't face yeah. the PJ. Like, <laughs> this dude, for the <laughs> record, <laughs> fucking close. This dude is about ten times funnier than the, the role they portrayed him as. Holy shit! Like, dude, hands down, fucking hilarious. And you know what's interesting? Well, how about this, uh, Josh? And this levity it creates. Yeah. It allows this, you Josh? to digest the situation, right? You, as a good comedian, your does. life now is in your your life your family your work is far forward and overcome whatever negativity that he thinks that he got cast in. To, to my boys here and for the listeners out there in fallujah on one specific day this man was our platoon sergeant and he got us all home 
this dude is a recon marine 20 plus years yeah, the biggest senior. stack of fucking medals not that they sure. matter that i've ever a, seen in my a life hitter. yeah from soy his whole career was recon dude yeah. the the only probably so in fallujah and 04 we're gonna bounce forward for a moment we got attacked by 70 plus insurgents on april 7th lost captain brent morell eddie wright lost his arms a gigantic fucking firefight and every day we practice called rock drills we got like little fucking rocks we, we practice a contact for your order of movement order and of breaking movement. contact we, we, we practice yep. these drills and one of those was a contact right or left drill the first two or three vehicles vehicle mounted patrol i should say yep how we would counter an ambush which was an l shape which is the, the most famous way to basic counter an ambush and basic and it works and we did exactly that and that was his call over the radio contact right Break right, L shape right, last two vehicles. He was the fifth vehicle, I was the fourth. And without that, without that, there'd been many more killed and wounded. Everyone on the X would have got fucked up, yeah, dude. Many more. Myself and like four other dudes dismounted and whacked a fuck ton of dudes to take the heat off the fucking kill vehicles. To get the casualties out of it. To get the helicopters out. Eric and Eddie. And oh, I, yeah, I solely give credit to yeah. Dan Griego for this moment, dude. He's shown, he got painted fucked up in a fucking in a book man and yeah. the book had some truths it had some exaggerations but dan griego was definitely sold it's, it's wrong a perspective. was a perspective this was my point about 30 minutes ago from a civilian observing observer position that was not a marine that was yeah. not trained to fucking defend to kill to execute to do missions to, 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 obey, merely, to obey orders he's not trained to do that here's a microphone and he was a fucking recorder dude i mean honestly yeah. and i love the fucking dude yeah yeah i just know so it's from one perspective, yeah. truly. Like there were influences like, from Simon, and, and, influences from the other from writers, HBO as well. from the money aspect of a fucking show. Yep. Dan Griego is a fucking stud. And if you recall, back at that time, the war, the wars, both which we've been in, were very unpopular. And uh, yeah. so part of the well, Afghanistan was pretty popular when we were there. Oh, Every, at our everyone time, but, would have given but, their left nut. But by the, by the time <laughs> we, Generation we were, Kill came 9-11, we were already yeah, south I, of I'm Pakistan. talking about when Generation Kill came out. Oh, okay. I've only got one left. When either. Generation Kill came out, uh, we said a very unpopular time for the military. 2007. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it came out in 2009. 07. No, no, I mean the film. Yes, 07. July 13th, <laughs> 2007. That's I my think birthday. It, I think it was later. I think I was, I was filming it. I think I was filming it at that time in 07. Uh, I believe I was filming. I believe it came out in 08 or 09. The, the, the miniseries. Look it up. It was a, we'll look it up. But it was a very unpopular time. <laughs> Afghanistan was not popular. Nothing. Matter of fact, they left, uh, Afghanistan was an afterthought because we were so embedded into Iraq. And then Afghanistan exploded too. So the um, HBO and the people that the money behind it they uh, they were they were very anti President Bush, and this was a story to show how stupid Bush was, and that's how it was. And how positioned. incompetent leadership exactly. is. Exactly, exactly, and and it couldn't be further from Look, the truth. Look, some of them are fucked up. Me too, and they were not. Uh, un they were not just really incompetent. They were underprepared. Neither one was a recon marine with years of officers. experience. They were. They did not have years of experience. Things that we had, they didn't have. And in defense of everyone, every yep. American that was a part of this fucking ordeal, this is our, our first true war. 
in a big in mass in since Vietnam. Since Vietnam, and not and we were never in mountain. No, we, this is not cutting edge. But you we had were like not doing the name. You, you had like Q fucking city. You had like Wade City. You had you had you had some urban shit. Yes, mostly. but not mountain. Not we like, were doing things like the Rat Patrol and SAS in World War Two. Except with modern weaponry, this is the first and time the we've ever done. And the German SS in their, yeah. their Blitzkrieg vehicle. Yeah, it was a Blitzkrieg operation with a new technology, and uh, it was the first time it was done. To me, it was a complete success story that only two were wounded and no one was killed. True story. True story. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. From an outsider, you you can't you absolutely and knowing the military, you got can't disagree with that. I mean, the the what you guys did, skill and fucking luck, like a hundred percent. You guys no did a good fucking job. You, we, we were, were in, we were inventing we shit were as going. we went along. So, so to that yeah. note, we had fucking flat jackets from Vietnam stuffed underneath our seats. <laughs> yeah, those IEDs. So we we were mines. We went, we went to not Derm- IEDs. IEDs yeah, weren't a fucking thing until really 04 for Lucia. Yeah, so we, we went down to Dermo yeah. and picked up a stacks of those old Vietnam era flat jackets, flat jackets. and we popped those things so and yeah. sandbags in yeah. the fucking windows, yeah. dude. Like this so that we could fight. <laughs> I mean, it was pandemonium in the ring. In, in defense of recon, and, and definitely, I, I love the support that SOCOM had. We were like the bastard SOCOM, not SOCOM, SF, but not SF. Yeah. We were like these bastard fucking kids. The old Marine Corps hated us. Like, we were cowboys, but that's what made us fucking tight and professional and to a gnat's ass so true. with missions. Discipline, Discipline. was fucking Discipline. high. Discipline. So Discipline. We were embodied the Marine Corps with ethos and love For and sure. fucking pride and execution pride. more than anything. And we like were thrown into this fucking crazy situation and we, we came out. We came out with each other, dude. And, and, like, and, and with a great attitude. Like we were yeah, we, we loved were in, it. We were in hell. Oh we got dysentery. I think myself and only one other did not I didn't All get the sick. Okay, I maybe did. I did. Everybody right. was throwing up and Shitting. diarrhea in mop suits and still fighting and uh, not a single complaint and not a single complaint from anybody. You remember uh, when we fever? A Budweiser had such fever that we just put him, had him lay down a few hours in between fucking running and fighting. Fever, dysentery, and still we didn't slow down a bit. Jesus Christ. We ran out of food, so I'm going to bring you. Oh yeah, when we so we outran we outran our logistics train. So our log train by a long shot for our listeners out there, which was a a convoy of all of our supplies, our our beans, our fucking bullets, like our our ammunition, our food. They were behind us while we were blazing the spear this fucking path. Right, we got so we blitzkrieg so fast, so ahead. We 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 fucking lost them for like, two days i think it was i think it was longer than that we maybe it was longer than that completely out of fucking food well we had two days well we had two days with no food we had run out of our food so, so what maybe was your, what was your guys's like what, what was your direction like hey go did they say hey go to fucking baghdad what was your mattis had the invading force and what he used recon for, which is kind of ingenious, is he would have us go a different route ahead of the invading force to, to make the enemy think that we were going that direction. And gotcha. so we were like recon Baiting, by fire. Basically. So yeah. we were yep. bait. And then, then they would move all their assets over there. And then, boop, the invading force just keeps going fucking hey diddle diddle down the middle. So it was this hot gotcha. ahead. And we- but I think at one point, we got so far ahead. 
Yes. Did the uh, uh, that was the, after the, the we main, did the yeah. the airfield. Yes, the, the, the British the, the, NASAS the main, that we the main, beat. I thought we were going to die that. Yeah, day. the main uh, effort was <laughs> lagging way behind, and we were like, "Well, fuck. Okay, let's. I guess we we can dig in." And uh, so, yeah. we're gonna do talk, was talk about the airfield, break. like yeah. talk about that day a little bit because I know they should that, that's in the in the series, right? Yeah, dude, so you guys we, at the airfield, yeah. So, this little break from I recall, inject here, we had this little bit of break, and it was outside. I remember it was like to crit, it was getting fucking hard, like already. We watched that, we were in this like big circle, uh, defensive perimeter, all the weapons, all the guns, all the vehicles are pointed out. We had a little bit of downtime for like a fucking. Is that when day. the BM twenty one? It felt like a week, but we were we were down for only maybe twenty four to thirty like a day or to thirty six hours, maybe forty eight hours. But because our op tempo was so high, it felt like a vacation. Dude, it was amazing. We were like, wow, we get to cook coffee and hey, here's a, here's on a the wash rag. They here's on the a vehicles. wash rag. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We right? we were right. woken up. We were woken up at like fucking. Zero five, like ass crack at dawn. Sun's just coming up. They're like, "Hey, by the way, it's disseminated from the highest ranks down. There's an airfield. We need you to fucking." The take Brits it. are going to do an assault. The uh, British SAS yeah, are going to jump into it. Are jumping in to like, prep the zone, that. and we need to do an overt assault on an airfield. What they told us was the towers were manned. They were fucking tanks. They were T fifty five, C seventy twos, or whatever the fuck everything they were. Everything was hostile. Every, <laughs> everything. And I and they're like individually, individually my truck with the spare. I was like in my head as an individual. I was like, today's the day I die. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, fucking yeah. die. We're gonna die today. I'm with my boys. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, okay, dude. this is it. I'm like, we're gonna go do an airfield. Hold on a second. So hold on a second. So they're they're telling you guys that the SAS is gonna jump into this fucking target, and they wanted you guys to assist or have control of it before they came in. Honestly, we were honestly we were fighting to who can get there first. It was on the fly. It was up. on the fly. <laughs> so we were gonna try gotcha. and get there first, so that the British SAS mission would get canceled. Because fuck them. <laughs> and well, well, I, I, trust me, Patrick. No one was talking to Ray Person about what to do. Yes, General Mattis might have been thinking this will be great for the fucking thing. The unit, no, uh, Colonel Ferrando uh, was uh, like, "Fuck them, uh, we're yes, getting there yes, first. But nobody was talking to Corporal Person about the strategy dog. of what we were dog. doing. The fucking Corporal Underground, fucking dog. Oh, Corporal get Underground, the fuck out of here. It was much higher than us, Patrick, and we were told to. Get to the airfield look, and everything. Look, is I was the field commander there. Go ahead, fucking Lieutenant Colonel person. So we how it was going. Dude, first recon in this fucking movement, this convoy, hauling ass oh, into the fucking action. sun. Yeah, into right. the sun. Wrong fucking bad. move. So we're seeing anything that moves, we're fucking shooting. And that, and and that, that happened. And that, that fucking happened. happen. My boy, I gave him a nickname, BTK, Burger King, the baby yep. killer. Yes. He fucking shot Have this, your way. this kid yeah, he with, with a three-round burst from a saw from a moving vehicle. I witnessed it. I was right behind him, brother, because I was in yeah. the dick right behind. I saw it all. And I heard it. He's like, I think I got him. And it was a kid. He's looking at shadows. The sun's in our face. Everything's hostile. We're like a few meters from and, the airfield. And I witnessed this. It was a child and a mother and maybe another person, but they were herders. And some one or two of them had sticks that under, 
Oh, we, were, we were under such fatigue. It had been two weeks with no real sleep. True. And very attrited, and everybody had dysentery. Uh, very attrited, and you're seeing stick, uh, and everything was declared hostile. I heard it on the radio right then, and then shortly after that was the burst. Yeah. He hits this kid, and we do a fucking quick. This is what I'm, I'm really proud of, like humanity and the empathy that our unit That's had true. as a whole. I don't think it ever happened before. We took North a pregnant pause because we realized as a unit went up the chain in, in comms, that we just hit a fucking a, a, a civilian, a non-combatant. Doc Brian, 18 Delta, who is now a PA, maybe a doctor. Yeah, he has a doctor. Sketch up. The only 18 Delta to go to fucking Marine Corps sniper school and fucking become an undergrad. God, fucking love this dude. Stud. Stud, man. Gets out, patches this kid up. Long story short. Amazing. Bird comes in. We extract this kid and his mom, I think, and his family. And they save this kid's fucking it, life. It, it, I don't think that's ever happened in warfare before. What we did. Uh, and it, it's again, it wasn't a sergeant's and corporal's call, no. but there was Fig, some, it, it the was, it was, it was Fig and Ferrando. We have to give him credit. Ferrando realized that if we let this little boy just bleed out, it would so destroy our morale. Also, because Tromley was looking, he was out of SOI, 18 years old, he was out of his depth. And, not a recon marine and, yet. Yeah, not no, at all. Not yet. He no. was set up for failure to be yep. with the best unit, to be in the best unit of the Marine Corps to lead this thing. And so, he, and so really, he the responsibility would have been to hire, not to Tromley, that he did what he did. But Ferrando was wise enough to buckle to the pressure from Fick, from uh, from Wynn, and maybe a and couple Doc other, Bryan. and Doc Bryan and. Um, Patterson, another officer, yes. yeah. and we did a, a tactical pause to do a Cassie back for a civilian. I don't think that's ever happened. A young boy. Before. I mean, probably eight, like eight years old, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, therefore saving the soul of the unit. And then we went right back to fighting after that. So you Would guys you know um, we did the recon on that. Oh, right. Okay. Tell Astra me. Before with Marino team. That's you, right. So I, our right. perspective, we were the team on foot. Out there. When all that shit fucking happened, waiting for you guys, like, oh no, a fucking kid got shot. We're still like out in the middle of nowhere, just, just foot mobile from a distance. Foot mobile, foot mobile. you know, just it's it was right. just fucking crazy. We it know, was crazy, you know, like this is all coming in on the radio. We didn't. It was just crazy to hear too, because I mean, I mean that you know that airstrip was abandoned. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck happened? We gave you the recon on it. Yeah, <laughs> nothing here. Why are you coming in and shooting? I didn't know. Yeah. So you guys, you guys shoot the airfield and it's empty? Very good point. Dude. It was empty. Very good yeah. point. We, we did the recon. There was nothing. Nobody there. You know? It sucks, but it happened. It had, it, you know, communication, stress, tired, fatigue. And, the, you, and that nature sure. being such a kinetic force, we're just fucking going. Do you remember the fucking AT, uh, the, the A-10s that came in? Oh yeah, the war orgs. Dude, we yeah. had no, that was in, that was when we did the hammer and anvil maneuver. Remember that? Oh, they came on the airfield. But as they came well. on the airfield. They were giving Overwatch. Dude, it was the first time that I was fearful of true fratricide. We were gonna get smoked because they came. Oh, oh yeah. They came down. Yeah. From, I remember because I was a driver as well. I remember looking up yep. and seeing this thing coming down at a forty-five. Like dude. they were going for a gun run. And it came and it did a little uh, fucking yeah, shake with the fucking wings. Maybe because you had a roof, you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, True story. Probably. probably. We were a little harder yeah, than those eight the tens, fucking, They no come down at a 45. That, when that Gatlin gun, when that gun goes off, yeah. the plane fucking stops. 
in yeah, midair. So like it's coming down and it's like. <laughs> Wait, how was that and again? then it keeps going. How, how was that again? <laughs> so I thought we were all going to get lit I the know. fuck up, dude. But it gave us a little shake with the with the with the wings yeah, to let us right. know he sees us. We had the VSR panels on the fucking. Uh, oh, it was pandemonium. Think about how chaotic we were making. We were making control out of chaos. The terrain was chaotic. The enemy was chaotic. The pace was chaotic. And a brand new way of communicating with all these different forces. We had Air Force Air. We had Naval freaking uh, support. We had Marine Corps Air. We had Army Air. And then we were leapfrogging with all these different units. Nothing like this had ever been done. And so for all those people that had a bone to pick for George Bush that were working for HBO that thought this, that this would be a black eye to an administration, when Generation Killed, the miniseries came out, I thought it, it showed the incredible success of uh, small unit leadership and the love that we have for each other. That's the way I saw it. So let me, let me, I'm going to segue, I'm going to take control here, man. Great point. I've always often, I know how it is for me as an individual. And I know what you guys have been up to personally since then, but looking back 20 years later, like how has this affected your lives as veterans from this perspective 20 years later? We were young fucking kids, yeah. man. Like yeah. how is this? One yeah. one deployment affected your perspective on the government, life, your own lives, like since. Like how's the last twenty years been for you guys? Pretty eye opening. In what, in what sense? <laughs> oh fuck, I thought George Bush was the shit. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got to go kill and shit. Yeah, yeah, and got oh paid to do we it. went back fuck to yeah. Fallujah Ramadi. I mean fuck. Yeah, we I did mean, yeah for sure. Yeah, uh, well, well, go ahead. We'll, well, like WMDs, man. We had to get Saddam out of there. You know? We were looking for him. We I don't know. If, like for me, honestly, the whole my whole Marine Corps experience, recon, everything. Recon, like recon. Yeah, like recon. Wakanda. Like <laughs> recon. Wakanda forever. Ah, I love it. Actually, that's hilarious. Me too. and the bros. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, like for me, oh, it was God. the I can fucking do anything I want. Absolutely. The world is my oyster. All I got to do is fucking attack. And so, and honestly, I, you know, when I left the Marine Corps, I left the Marine Corps behind, right? When was that? When was that? There's still a, at the very end of 03. Right before before Fallujah. Right before Fallujah. So for me, I got out and it was sort of like, I can fucking do whatever I want. Right. And you're capable to do anything. And I I can, I'm going to kill whatever I attack. Right. And so. For me, it, it turned into more the business world, right? But, right. you know, with with a company and, and attack that and we're successful, even as a father, right? Absolutely. So, like, like, I put as much heart and soul into being a dad as I do into being a company as I did being a recon marine. So, everything I do in my life, I try to be the best at that. Like, the best neighbor, the best friend, with you. the best dad, the best fucking, you know, the best boss, like all of that kind of stuff is, it's the same mentality. It's just different perspectives of life. Yeah. You right? just repurposed it you know, for yeah. your benefit. Just fucking attack. Right. Uh, yes. There's no roadmap to this. You, you, you create your own future. Kind of like the invasion. Right. I mean, we didn't you know create how we were going to do it. Vi- and it the confidence that you got from being able to do what you work it out as you go right. along. Right. That's right. Uh, and you and you and you posit and you pivot and you position and and you ad- adjust fire and you go keep going right and so 
So for me, it was like phenomenal. Like, you know, I had a midlife crisis at eight, at 18 and that's why I joined the Marine Corps to begin <laughs> with, right? Because I didn't know, honestly, what I wanted to do with life. You know, I thought I did, yeah. but I, I changed, right? I, you know, and so I did this as sort of like a cleansing, right? It's like when you go eat sushi and you eat the piece of ginger in between. You cleanse your palate That's and right. now you're ready for whatever's next. That's right. The Marine Corps to me was that. It yeah. was the ginger. It opened my horizons. It made me realize that I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yep. And so then when I got out, it was fucking attack life, you know, and it's been that way since. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, brother. That's yeah. why you've been so successful, brother. I'll, I'll speak. I'll, I love recon to this day so much, and I love the brothers and recon and what we stand for so much. Uh, I, re I re enlisted. We, we got out of Afghanistan and Pakistan. I re enlisted for the invasion because I joined in the 90s. And then after that, uh, Fallujah was briefed to us, a town that no one ever heard about as an insurgency hotbed. I went as a senior team leader. Something about that war, Different. because, it, well, it was so bloody and bloodthirsty and savage and uh, and continuous. Uh, seven months of, of, of hunting. Seven months of hunting and being hunted and killing and destruction in between. It changed me because I no longer cared about my other my life except as it pertains to being a recon marine and being a hard fighter. I was married at the time, and I no longer cared to be associated with anything before, I think because of the bloodthirsty shit that we went through and did and what we had to compartmentalize. Yep. And when I came home, I was not the same person. And... Uh, now looking back, what it was is post-traumatic stress and depression from redlining too long, a little too long. Agreed. And uh, I had the pride for the units, and I had the discipline of a lifelong athlete. That's all I had. So I was a workaholic, and then uh, and I kept succeeding at work, but really nothing else was successful. Not inside. Left my wife. Left. Left sobriety, been a sober person my whole life, straight edge. Left uh, everything except competition in a uh, masochistic way. Uh, I needed to feel so much pain all the time because I didn't really have a reason, a reason to lay my life on the line anymore. Because actually you find out in the civilian world, there's not much to lay your life on the line for except your wife and your kids. Uh, you know, um, and if you don't have a wife and kids, what do you, there's no perspective. I got into film and television and then I went into contracting. I was always well for the job, but after missions doing counter terror or TV or movies, um, heavy drugs and alcohol. And I was not yeah. alone. I was not alone. All of my recon <laughs> brothers and, and seal brothers and green beret brothers were all right there with me. So I said, fine, at least I have them with me. Uh, it took me 10 years to get myself back together, and I started my, my comeback about seven years ago. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah family's mean. important. Awesome. I, honestly, my wife is my rock. Oh, she's the best. She's the best. Bro. You know, we've been married uh, like seven, 17 years now your this children year. children are beautiful. They're and beautiful, brother. You know, without her, I would be nothing. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. She's the reason I live. I met you in Rip with Lockoff, Jesse, God rest his soul, yep. when... 
Gunny Barrett, the yep. stud, the myth. Oh, no, for sure. When I first met you, you're doing shirtless. I know it's kind of weird, but you just take a shirt off. So he is right. wearing a shirt right now. Shirt he was doing, uh, he was doing back, he was doing backflips on the fucking office shelf when you took us up to the office oh, shelf during right. rip. Because oh, I did gymnastics, of course, on Tai Chi. He was 32. I was 23, 33. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 51 now. 51. Yeah, I'd be about like eight, nine years. And he was like this shining example of a fucking recon marine, physicality-wise. I'd never seen him. And a being. great attitude. Am I right? You, you were positive, even dude. See me. I mean, he treated us like we could That's what was different from the grunts to recon is like there was a standard. But like they, they saw you as an individual. Well, and what can you bring asset. to the team? Exactly. You're an asset to and what we're about to do. So, I mean, yeah, they were fucking crazy to us, but it and was it was like, hard, but it I was wanted not to be there. Look, look you're, you either have the tuner or you don't. You're right. That's you're fine. Right. If you there don't was, have the tuner, just go away. It's, it's that's cool. right. It was never abuse. It was never abuse. It was just a super high standard. And if you're there, how can we not see you as an asset? Yeah. My point for no, knowing you now, you know, we all go back and forth in our lives. We all come back together, right? The, the time changes, but... I've known you now off and on for 20 plus years. And this is the happiest I've ever seen you. Probably. I've never been better. Yeah, well, I love it, dude. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. And he's always been, for our listeners, this guy's always been positive. Yes. Like his positivity is like spread through the fucking unit, man. Yes. Yeah, it did. It yes. did. It yes. did, yes. man. It did. I think that's what I was born to do, though, really. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was effective for all of us to keep a great attitude to each other. And support one another with a little bit of coffee or a little bit of food or a little yeah. bit of PT because the world around us sucks. A little bit of PT. Yeah, we used to fuck weird. A little but, bit you know, of PT. The world PT. around yeah. us was, <laughs> it was dangerous and it sucked. All we had was each but, other. But that's part of, part of the thing with the reconnaissance community is that the only people that were there are people that enjoy things that suck. Suffering. The challenge of They it. enjoy yeah. suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's with all soft. Like, if yeah. you don't enjoy suffering, it's not for you. you. Shouldn't, it's not for you. You shouldn't yeah. be there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and we did it for the challenge. And we did it. I wanted to be with guys that would uplift me. Yeah. And make me into this man that wore this armor. I wanted to be with a group of dudes that, oh, like, yeah. it was cutthroat, but, like, it, it was just higher thinking. It was. Physicality was higher. It was, it was the like, big boy club. It was the, the, the NFL of fucking of Marines Marine at the time. You're right. You're right. And it was that. I found that. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. I'm so happy. We're here together. Together. It, it, it was, yeah, it's, it's, we'll never forget it. It's in our dreams still. We That's why when we tell, yeah. that's why we get together or talk on the phone. We're like 12 years old again. Uh, I don't think it'll ever change. <laughs> I bet you in, in our 40-year reunion, we'll still be the same way. Yeah. You know? So the last time I saw Josh was in 2005 at the premiere of Generation Kill at Camp Pendleton. The last time I saw Mr. <laughs> Will here, Prescott. We were talking about this earlier. Was honestly in like 03 slash 04. Yeah, it would have been 04, probably. And the saw him at the airport and instantaneously yeah, recognized who yeah. he is. And here we are. I mean, yeah. it's like we're like those Vietnam slash war vets of our generation. Yeah, Gen totally. X, 90s, 2000s. Totally. Like the Normandy vets and the fucking Iwo Jima vets. <laughs> we're going to be wearing it's our true. foam hats. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Can't we're wait. On shit. That's right, brother. Fuck yeah. And, and, and back to WRF, the Warrior uh, Reunion Foundation. And I love what they're doing, but reunions are everything. Yeah. And I, we've all gone through like periods of like alienation. Yes. And I do it a lot, man. Like, like I get super introverted and I think I'm like connecting to my dudes, but it goes by like years go by or months go by and I'm like doing my own fucking thing. And then like I find an excuse to like, you know, there's a get together and I'm like, 
you know, maybe next time, dude. And before you know it, it's fucking 20 years. That's right. I think all of us kind of like subconsciously finding ways to, to, to not come to this to some degree, like I'm too busy, X, Y, and Z, but we all got, we're here now. And I wish all of us could have fucking been here. Yes. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody no understands way. the sock I'm thank- other than the guys that went through the and sock. And I'm thankful for who is here. Yes. Uh, I'm thankful. Uh, but, uh, but we need, uh, at our 25, Hon- Honestly, 25, some of the, pe- the, get- the people that should have been here the most aren't, aren't going to be here. here. Because they need it the most. Yep. And that's why this uh, is so important. And and what, what you're doing with a nonprofit to get units together. Because isolation kills. Where there's a destruction yeah. that's happening in our communities um, with uh, depression, alcohol, drug abuse, uh, um, unemployment, then homelessness, then suicide. And this stuff heals. It freaking heals. That's why I had to be here. Uh, not for me, but for the brothers that are struggling. Because yep. I finally have something together. Why? Because my brothers cared about me when I was struggling, and they and Story, they man. and they kept me together and uh, got me seeing straight again. Uh, we have some brothers uh, that we try to try to get out here, and we don't know if they're coming or not. They really need us, and that's why we're here. You know, we need them. Yeah, and yeah. it's and, and for our listeners out there and the guys that are veterans that are listening, like I give a fuck. What title you are? Yeah. What your MOS is? What, what MOS? What money you're you making? Supply yeah. In the Marine Corps, life sucked for you. No yeah. Who yeah. Are, for sure. If you were admin in the Marine Corps, life sucked for you. If you wore a uniform, I love you and I respect your service. Yeah. If you wore a uniform, it takes a team, right? And especially with the Recondos, like, and, and maybe like the reason why you're not here is because maybe you don't feel like like you're 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 holding your weight or you wanted to be at a. Uh, at a point in your life and you're not at that standard yet and you hold it yourself, I give a fuck. Like, you're an 0321, you're a Wakanda, I give a fuck if you're it makes president me- or on the streets. <laughs> you're, you're, I love you, dude. Yeah, look at, well, look at uh, JJ Carazales. Jeff Carazales, fucking 03 Motor T. 03 Motor T. If it wasn't for him, none of this would have happened. He's the only one that kept the vehicles going. I'm so happy he's going to be here. For listeners, yeah. so excited. Listeners, motor teams are our mechanics that yeah. keep our vehicles. Yeah. Every every downtime, that dude was cranking a fucking. It's wrench. true. Changing tires. We didn't want to do. But all then when Darnold when Darnold got shot, that's when he got pulled into the team as an operator. As an operator, as an operator in Arizona. <laughs> because he, because that's kind of crazy. He had the mindset of oh, a yes. recon marine. He was at the unit for three years. Sarcasm, yeah. the Born, pessimism. Yeah, born loser. It says born loser on his cap. The other one was white trash. Blood for blood. Yeah. Born loser, blood for blood. Fifth generation Tejano Mexican. So my my brown brother here. Texican. He's super successful now, by the way. He is. One of the best welders you'll ever meet in your life. What I, you know, in the Marine Corps, like close to your EAS, you're into service. You're like, so what? What's up, dude? You're you're so excited to get out. You don't know what's gonna happen, but you got an idea. Like, yo, Jeff Carazas, what are you going to do, bro? And he's like, he's like, man, I'm going to go be a DJ at the Gravitron at a carnival. <laughs> I used to take things very literal. I used to be a very serious person. He was and serious I used, about And it. I used to hate Jeff Carazas because he was such a dirtbag and his pants sagged. And he was just such a fucking sarcastic piece Gives of no shit. Fucks. However, after that heavy he fight... Where yes. Sean Patrick was wounded and my vehicle was ripped apart and three of my tires were blown out. And I get to him and he fixed it. And the look he had in my eye, because no one Sean's gone. 
and Sean's going to be here, a legend. And the look we had about, fuck, you know, we're losing people that we love and we still don't know when this is uh, going to end. And that's when the relationship changed. But what a man. Uh, he's been a dear brother of yep. mine since uh, getting out because of entertainment and and support. He worked for me as a contractor. I was a mission manager on some stuff with EOD. And uh, I'm proud of him. He wears a black sweatshirt with pride. Uh, I love the man. He I'm glad it. he's here. I'm he glad he, he fuck yeah, he earned it. I'm glad he's here. I can't what, wait. So what's he, what's he do now? He's a welder for a very so he, high fucking actress by his, the name of his he, he it's his own company now yep. so he does certified welding in la and construction but also like he did a, for the reason he moved to la originally was comedy, for comedy. So he's, he a, he's a part-time comedian yeah, yeah he's a part-time comedian hilarious he's he actually thrown he's, out he's of in, every place he's in generation mm-hmm. kill so yes. he was an advisor and and, and helped did a generation kill to did do a up job. mainly to Make the Humvees that they bought work and That's shit. That's true. But then yeah. he was <laughs> on like set, and they put him in front of this camera, and he just he ad libs, which is yeah. a big fucking no no. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. ad libbed, and David Simon's like, "This is genius. We're keeping it right." So he kept it. <laughs> and then based on that, he, that's when he, they called him for the the Green Mile or whatever. The Green Zone with the Green Matt Zone Damon. With Matt Damon. All green grass. So they had picture. him try out for that position role. As the bad guy As the bad guy opposite Damon. Uh, Matt Damon. He what? gets off the plane and meets with them. He's short, right? And they're like, nope, you're not tall enough. Yeah. But they kept him on the production. We can't, we can't have somebody shorter than Matt Damon yeah. fighting Matt Damon as the bad guy, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't but, know that. Uh, Jeff now owns his own company, puts veterans to work for him and pays them a great wage works for um charlise theron, uh, charlise theron and uh cameron diaz and some very wealthy powerful he does high ends like cabinetry welding whatever theater yeah, yeah. He's, but uh nice. he's, put, he's put everything into his business he's got work trucks that are fantastic and, uh, he's and he's blue still color. with us. Yeah, and he's still with That's us. Before, and he's know, still I with us. Him. Most importantly, he's still with That's us. That's awesome. He, he struggled awesome. with alcoholism when he got out yeah. as well. Like we all struggle with something, but he's doing fucking great now, and I can't wait to see him. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Jason. Let's so let's. We got some people that asked some questions, so let, let me hit some of those. All right. Let me see here. So right. some of the stuff I think you guys have already co- covered. You know. Let's, let's let's give them a shout out to what their handle is. Yeah, absolutely. Da-da-da-da. Okay, so here's this is kind of interesting. This is from N. Elias. Uh, he says, from an outsider's perspective, the USMC appears to be rich in tradition and culture, but as the society around us changes, the Marine Corps changes as well. Is the Marine Corps changed notably from when you guys joined? And if so, are the changes good or bad? So that was a good question. I don't know. I think the core of it's probably still the same. I think the core, the heartbeat's still there. Yes. But I think topical, in my individual opinion, there's been some ebbs and flows. And I think that, like you said, like that guy said, in society, there's going to be that. But I think the heart of the Marine Corps from fucking 1775 in a, in a goddamn bar. Tun Tavern. Tun Tavern. It's still there. I All think it's still there. They don't change the standards. I did the Marine Corps Super Bowl commercial, and uh, I was the assistant director for this $5 million commercial. Nice piece of work that I did. Uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank if, you. If, I, if I do say for some 2017, myself. 2017, I had grunts. I had um, 
I have, Nobody uh, watches those sports Fast same things exactly. anyway. They, they do. It, it's for the NFL Super Bowl. They do watch yeah, it. sporting stuff. Um, even then, actually, seven years ago, because we were still in war, I thought the grunts might be weaker compared to us. And the Marine Corps, because we were still in war, the, that freaking unit, Porno, 1-1, one, one, Amen. A platoon sergeant was a sergeant who's 23 years old, had already done three fucking tours. They were fucking amazed. Wow. They were fucking hard. They were fucking tough. It was magnificent. Since the drawdown in Afghanistan, because I'm still connected to the Marine Corps, there's been immense change and not in a good more, way. More garrison focus. Yes, and, it, and yeah. if you all don't know, the... The United States military is in a um, a recruiting uh, deficit, and in a um, it's almost a um, a pandemic of of health. They can't make the physical yep. fitness standards. Yeah. So it has changed, and I am curious what's going to happen. My uh, buddy Billy Billingham, Command Sergeant Major SAS, been there, done that, got the fucking T-shirt. 33 years in, he says, you know what? We just need a good fucking war and it'll straighten all this shit out. <laughs> and I'm of the same mind. Yeah. He's not, he's not wrong. Yep. What's that saying? Hard times, weak times, breed, breed hard men. Hard times breed, uh, breed hard men. Hard men create easy times or weak or easy times. Easy times create weak men. Yeah. Yep. And weak men create hard times. Yep. It's a cycle. Okay. Cycle. So, Here's a new question. So this is kind of kind of in that same vein. This is from Taylor. How have the recon and raider communities changed since you were in the good and bad? Well, when did you guys get out? I think I might have been of the group here. I got out in so, 2004. So I'm kind of disconnected. So it was I got out in 11. Right at the beginning of 04 you into 03. So the, the only thing I can think of, and I, I'm actually kind of curious about this as well, is that in my mind, when, when, when Marsoc got stood up, or even Debt 1 at the time. Which was the Marsoc predecessor. Is, they essentially gutted recon to form that course, up. It did. Because where and else so, would, you, would so, you take so, it? So, so to me, I was really concerned that the tradition, the, the, the standards no. within the recon community were going to become second tier. Because that the recon standards and community were going to be to Marsoc, and now recon was like going to be made like a second tier, lower a standard. There would be a vacuum. Correct. And so now you've got to fill it with lesser thans. So the, I, and I don't mean that no, like, I hear you. So no, quite like the, a value standpoint. Quite I mean the like, opposite happened. Really? The recon community is still, and I, I've done some things with Bobby Restaino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just at the schoolhouse. It's better than ever. More professional than ever. Corey Pack, very, Pac very Paxman. Paxman. I was just with him a few weeks ago. Dude, it's, it's coming back so that's strong. That's good to hear. It's so you know so They have more support. The pools are better. The training better. is actually better. And very professional. Because they've got the draw to gain to grab they do, it's still there. higher level people. I think the recon Marines of today, thankfully, are I think they're coming back better strong. trained. More supported across the board. Across as, the board. As, opposed to, as opposed to third recon being their play, uh, their gig, second recon being smokers, and then first recon really being the only show in town. Pipe hitters. Yep. Now <laughs> it's really become. <laughs> their standards. They're, they're, I'm serious. They're, the, 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 the training has been diversified, it's been spread out. The influence Assets from MARSA, the, the influence from SOCOM. Totally, totally. totally. The, communication, the communication. Help keep that standard high. Dude, and, recon and Raiders, like, 
Never forget Marsoc's built on the backbones Fuck of fucking yeah, recon marines. Of, of recon marines. That's right. Specifically, Dep One guys as a fucking test pilot. Yep. That should have happened in the fucking seventies. Marsoc should have always just been fucking recon. Yeah. And I do hate that there's a separation because recon. Well, there was a big push in the Marine Corps that every Marine is equally worthless, right? And so they don't want that because number one, now you've got a unit that's outside of direct Marine control. And there's part a, of, and that's because a good it's taking point. its direct, direction from JSOC, which is an Air Force guy, an Army guy. Or a SEAL. Uh, there's a good point here. Or a squeal. Yeah. I'm, well, this is it, brother. We are different. Marines, period. And then recon is even more different. We're more. I work with green. I, I work with uh, SAS, SBS, and SEALs now. We're all high level, and we all love the work. I am different. I am more aggressive, and I'm not the most aggressive of our community. I am more aggressive. I am more direct. I am more physical. Other militaries really can't work with us, and we can't be second in line to somebody else that's our commander that's not a Marine. It doesn't work well. I've witnessed it. It just doesn't work well. As contractors, it works better. But even then, you know what I went through with Green Berets and SEALs doing counter-terror in Northeast Africa? They had the badges and the freaking name, but they also, you know, they were just looking to, for Tusker time when they could drink beer after the fucking op. Put and, on their Oakleys. And, and, and no, cool. no, no. Whores, alcohol, drugs in country. Whores, alcohol, whole drugs. There is no comparison. I would never want to be anybody else but a fucking Marine. Or disciplines at another level. That's the truth. Awesome. What do you have to say as a contractor? What do you have to say? My contract in Rome was unique with the, the agency and the State Department. I, I was pretty blessed with the guys that I that I served with, you know, with the agency. Because it was the first time as an operator from the Marine Corps that I got to stand online and shooting packages with SEALs, with Rangers. With CAG. With CAG, with SEAL Team 6 guys. Yeah. And I think I have potentially this one aspect, maybe a little bit more op optimistic outlook just because my individual experience was I remember looking specifically in, in this undisclosed location in yeah. America and this, this training for this position, GRS. Yeah. And looking down the line, I was one of 30 guys trying out for this unit. Get some. And looking at all the shot groups and all the echo silhouettes and seeing all the keyholes and seeing all the fucking tight shot groups, dude. And just, I had this moment of clarity, like, of like the ego and the pride of Marsoc and Recon, which I, I do. It's, it's my unit, it's my brothers. But I remember seeing, like, at a higher level for the first time, because I was out of it. I have this is a, this is America on this line right now, and yeah. all these dudes were fucking drilling tax. And and see, and that's exactly why I think it doesn't mean anything, because those are the same guys that are fucking around on their wives, the same guys doing drugs on operations. No, see, I disagree completely. No, dude, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's fucking uh, American hubris that you make NFL players shoot and they think they're worth a fuck. Because they're not. When it comes to life, their lives are fucking horrible. Divorces, kids all over, drug addiction, Harleys, boats, and now that the war on terror is dying down, they don't have work. So I disagree with you. I'm not impressed at all because the character is fucked up. I, I don't agree with you at all. I'm listening, brother. You feel I'm what listening. I'm saying? I feel it. 
I feel. Yeah, I don't agree at all. And if we would have had the extra $10 million, not only would we shoot just as tight, but we'd be looking for more work, meaning more work in the field, more work in how to develop relationships with, with host nations. We are workers. And and, and, and I think this, that was I a mean, mantra we had was always find work. Yeah. Always. find Yeah. Work. It's, it's interesting. You get where I'm coming from. I and do, nobody I do, nobody I do. really talks about it, but I'm not afraid to do it because the truth is when you create freaking uh, jocks with guns mentality, and that's what some of these other cats are. Hubris. Well, they're badge hunters. Well, and, well no. They no. want the title. Brother, they want the... the issue is the women and the drugs, to be oh, honest. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Well, take because a level it's, of maturity, No, it's right? because of pleasure. No, it's pleasure. No, it's from dominating in combat for so long. There's pleasure. There's pleasure from winning. And then there's the pleasure with bitches and drugs and pleasure with ego. And I am not impressed with it. I'm not. Amen. There ain't, th- th- that's why Roger Sparks don't hang out with those cats. That's why a higher caliber of man is what I'm looking to be, as opposed to resting on how many people I kill. You see what I'm saying? What do you think? What Definitely. I know it's heavy, and, I've had, and I'm drunk now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I've experienced. You know? I'm listening, brother. Go ahead. Here's, here's, a, here's one specifically for Josh. I think this is funny. This is from uh, Bag Karma Sorry, one zero says, uh, did you really quote the great warrior poet Ice Cube for the scribe? <laughs> yes. What what is that? I because I'm fucking. It's been a while. Uh, I know what you're gonna say. So Ice Cube has you know the song today. Uh, I didn't have to use my AK. Today was a good day. And so I would oh, say yeah, that yeah, yeah. Because, right. you know because it was a fun ass thing to say. Well, for the series they did it. <laughs> the great warrior poet Ice Cube once said, and then they fuck up how he says it. It's not like the song. The reason that they had to do that is because they didn't have the money to pay Ice Cube for the rights uh, to say it yeah. the normal way. So they couldn't say it no- the normal way. Like today, you know, yeah. I didn't have to use my AK. Today was a good day. So they couldn't say it that way because that's copyright violation. So what they did is they is they had him say it as the warrior poet Ice Cube once said. Today, so it was like a once quote. So they they paraphrase it right. so they didn't have to pay the copyright. Yes, or, or, yeah, or the royalties. Yeah, yeah. To to use that to in the thing to yeah. give him credit. I know that. Yeah. So seriously, like a single the single line they would have had to pay for that. Fuck yes. Like there's a wow. There's a point in the film where so we used to so Walt Hasser and I. Great man, you know, great brother. But I'm always making up songs, right? I'm a musician yeah, as he's well. A singer. So, yeah. So I would always just like write songs and like, like, uh, what was one of them? So I, I wrote one called Justin's of Jungles, and it's like traded my Justin's for jungles, traded my oh, tractor is- for a tank, traded my simple country living for a desert in Iraq, and when I drank one at the local VFW, it's cause I earned it. I traded in my Justins for the, or I traded in my uh, country for my country, you know, so oh, it's like, so it's like a, like a play on words that's thing, right? So, great, well, so we were constantly making up songs and singing. Well, I had wrote a song that we made up called the Copenhagen song, you know? And oh yeah. You remember the Copenhagen I song, do. right? And so we developed it during the whole thing. Well, they, the actors actually sang it on screen or on film. They had to pay me for the rights to that song because they yeah. sang it. In- <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 
That's really that's fucking really yeah, cool. So the Copenhagen song that they're singing in the s- series, I wrote it, so they had to pay me for the rights to that. Great, as it should be. Speaking of which, I have a production company now, and the whole purpose of New War Productions is to put guys like us to work. Other people have been making money telling our stories and being us. I mean, I'm a very popular character on the biggest video game in the world. I do TV and movies all around the world. And, and he's humble about it. Well, no, it's the truth. I, I, I don't have it's to be. No, it's 100% he's right. Fucking uh, do this, man. Do good for yourself and do good for the fucking guys around you, man. 100%. And brothers still are making a great living so that I can drop everything and come here. No problem. However, the producers and the channels and the networks, they make millions to my thousands. I'm, yep. I want to change this, the, the, the scheme of maneuver where we work creatively. And these men get, as, as Josh just got his royalties for a song, that these men's intellectual property are received and paid for. That is my mission. Yep. That we own our own story. Yes, we, we will because it's about time. These brothers all put their lives and their mental health and their physical health on the line for the country. And they deserve to be respected with their intellectual property. That's my goal. I like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That so let's this has been awesome. You guys have it's I mean, I think this is gonna be received really well. People yeah. have been wanting to hear some of so these stories I'm, I'm for, a crazy for a little bit, Patrick. It's like get fired up. Because I've been to I was in a mental institution for a year for veterans. <laughs> I'm serious. And you know what? There wasn't a single war fighter there, but then my freaking uh tear there wasn't? Group, no. It was all freaking all pokes and, and jailbirds and drug addicts. And then my tear <laughs> brothers would come to visit me. We were offering to break me out so we could go do freaking blow it, freaking pacers outside of the depot. And I'm like, I'm trying to get my head together. Yeah. So sorry. I went off the reservation a bit. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This is, this has been awesome. I think, I think just people really have, and especially the, the people that are the hardcore fans that really love generation kill and love, and I want to say the characters, but obviously you guys and what kind of have been created and it's it's been received. I mean, that's the thing is like some of that is a hundred percent you guys and some of it is not you guys. I mean, you you know that. I mean, I think I think uh, you probably know that better than anybody, uh, Rudy. So yeah, they let's wrote, they wrote let's my go. lines. Imagine that they say Rudy be you, but you never <laughs> read these lines. I'm like, well, I wouldn't say that, but yeah. So I auditioned to play yeah, myself. Yeah. I think I'd show up and fucking breathe. Yeah, and you, you, you nailed it. And I right? wasn't good enough to be me. I, I auditioned to play myself as well. And that's kind of proof in the pudding of the, the system of it. Yeah. And I'm not talking shit. Which is I hilarious. I love Rudy PJ. Dude, true story. <laughs> true story. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm glad that they had PJ play me instead of me. Because I would have been like, like Rudy, like, hello, guys. What are we doing here? It's harder than... It's way harder than you would think. So I'm way glad that PJ played me. Because he's a great actor. Way better. Because PJ's a great actor. As is Kellen, he's a great actor. Fucking idiots. He's a good human being. Good husband. So in closing, guys, as as the other half to this podcast, I've been counting down the days for this moment where I had some fellow Recondos alongside me, not just uh, my Navy brother here on the other other side of this, but... uh, I've looked forward to this, man, and I've been looking forward to this moment for a long time. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to put yourselves out there, be vulnerable, talk about these yeah, things. And uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, the next 20 years, the next 60 years of our life. And uh, Prescott, good seeing you too, brother. Awesome. For listeners out there, thanks for taking the time to 
to be a part of this as well. And uh, I think this is a pretty special moment. So we'll see you guys next time. Check us out on our socials, Instagram, uh, YouTube, obviously, and uh, our new podcast that you're currently listening to. So thank you. And uh, P, you got anything, brother? No, that was awesome. Good wrap-up, man. Hoorah. Thank you, Patrick, brother. Thanks for having us on, brother. It's an honor to be here, brother. This has been Savage Actual. Jason and Patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. Basically, they drink a lot of beer, talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time.